Hey, this is the Bridging Realities podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bridging Realities. Hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving holiday in the States and wherever else you were. Hope you had a good week. Um, Happy new moon to everybody. And that's what this episode is going to focus on is, well, not totally about the new moon, but the new moon um, and its conjunction with the asteroid Juno. So um, we invited Soul with um, back on the podcast to talk with us and yeah, we're excited about it. So how's it going over there, Eugenia? What's happening? Oh, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty okay. Miss Danny, I'm doing good. (laughs) I am. Yeah. I had the new moon fall and we're recording this, um, the day day after. after. Yeah. So it technically happened like the morning of the 29th. Uh, so Tuesday morning, um, one of these mornings. And so, um, uh, and yeah, so it's really interesting cause I'm having, I had it in my seventh house of relationships. Uh, that's where Saturn has been. It's the area of my life that has been getting restructured for quite a while. I've talked about it on the podcast. Um, so had the new moon and had a quite genuine severance of any relationship, um, and a new, or I shouldn't say any relationship, but I should say a severance of, um, or recognition of old relationship patterns and hopefully a severance of it and a new energy around relationships. So I'm feeling really jazzed about this new moon, like, like empowered and, um, around relationships <laughs> Yay. Um, uh, specifically. So, um, that's how the new moon has played out for me. How about for you? That's beautiful. I love that. And I love that just, you know, astrologically speaking, it just makes sense, right? This is showing up for you. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's not the same energy for me. Um, but yeah, for me, I have it exactly conjunct or had it, sorry, exactly conjunct my midheaven in the 11th house. So, um, a lot of energy is focused around my life path and my career choices, what's going on with, um, the projects that I have been thinking about since probably since the eclipse. And I know that this new moon time is somehow attached to that. I don't remember exactly specifically what that was, but I remember reading it somewhere. Um, and I did come up with this idea at that time that really, uh, inspired me, but I was, I would, my focus has been elsewhere. So now I feel like some spaciousness is opening up in my life that I can actually, bring in, um, more attention and energy to manifesting this idea and bringing it into form before my baby's born. So, um, feeling really excited about that as well. And it, it definitely feels like a powerful new moon, like some lunations yeah. don't feel so juicy. Um, but this one really feels juicy and maybe it's because of the presence of Juno there as well. Um, and the other aspects that are happening in the sky. So, well, and it's squaring the nodes. So exactly. So it's at this, um, really important relationship with itself. The moon's nodes, uh, we talk about South North node, big stuff, destinies. So it's squaring it. So this is this, um, 
um, extra emphasis on the moon and its its effects on our lives. And I think because we've had so much activity in Sagittarius this year, it's really bringing a lot of these things into more clarity, more fruition. Um, and you had mentioned, um, you know, ideas and, and of course, Sagittarius is these ideas and these values and mm-hmm. these beliefs. And what we'll talk about in this episode is about Juno, but she represents a number of different things, which will be explained in the episode, but she really does also very much represent commitment. And so what are we needing to commit to? Like, I need to commit to using my fucking voice in relationships. I've got to make that commitment to myself. In fact, I have to commit to myself in relationships and being authentic, right? And that is my like realization at this new moon. You are realizing, okay, I'm going to commit to this work project. I'm going to like, I'm going to make the commitment to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So for all of you in your own individual charts to find out where the new moon has occurred in Sagittarius in your charts, you might notice that that's an area in your life that you're recommitting to. And, and right, maybe this is, um, and I, I would imagine that's why this has something to do with the, um, eclipses because those are with the nodes. So, um, so right. So the eclipses both in the spring and then, then in the fall. And so this might be this extra emergence energy with it. So, um, so what are you all looking at right now in terms of that commitment? And, and we talk about this with Juno as well. What are you looking, where are you putting somebody else on a cloud or on a pedestal and, and, you know, be becoming submissive and losing one's power to that, um, external God. Um, how can, how do we take our God goddess back and say, I like, I'm strong. This is who I am. And I'm proud of myself, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think it's a pretty dope, 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 dope new moon. Yeah. I will say, however, that today's been not as dope as the new moon day because we're now officially entering the Mercury retrograde shadow. Um, and we're going to be having Mercury moving into Capricorn and Danny and I want to talk a little bit about that, but, um, I'm feeling that retrograde feeling. I'm feeling this sense of, Oh gosh, like there's so much to do Capricorn. There's so much work to do and, um, kind of a little less motivated today, um, in doing that. But the beauty of Mercury retrograde in general is it makes you stop and reevaluate how to approach this particular thing. And so as this is approaching Capricorn, I know Danny and I want to bring a couple of things up on the podcast. So this is a great time to do that. Yeah, sure. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> so, um, Mercury, Mercury is officially going to enter Capricorn on December 3rd. That's a few days here, which is crazy. so crazy. <laughs> wow. I'm like, really? That's a few days. Oh yeah. It's November 30th. Yeah, it's like totally okay. December. Yeah. Oh, um, and so Mercury is there. Uh, Pluto of course is there. Venus is there. So we're going to have a, a number of energetic uh, energies moving into this Capricornian, um, field. And what Danny and I are talking a lot about right now today is a lot of what we were talking about at the full moon, um, in Capricorn, which was, I want to, you know, what is that? June, June, right? 
because it's cancer season. So whenever that is, I don't remember the date of it, but May, June area. And we had this full moon in Capricorn and Danny and I had mentioned on the podcast, we're really feeling this illumination around work and sustainability. And how do we, how do we give to the world and receive back? And how can we be sustainable? Because we are ultimately two female entrepreneurs who run our own life, which is the benefit of what we do. And it's a lot of work and it's a lot of energy. And we are really wanting to refocus this podcast in a a number of ways to serve you all more, but ultimately also to sustain us more. And uh, we know a lot of you enjoy this and we're wondering how we can work together to make this work. Yeah. To make... um, this full and, 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 and helpful for everyone. Yeah. I think it really speaks to what we kind of, um, bring in, which is, you know, the feminine energy and the essence of working together and working in community and Mm -hmm. bridging realities, right? So like bridging (laughs) worlds and bridging and bringing into, you know, all of our gifts and talents and synergizing them so that we can ultimately, you know, all thrive. Um, that's kind of like the goal here, right? So we're just in this brainstorming process of trying to figure out a way where we could present and offer you something that is functional and of value to you that would also serve to support us in providing more content and also living our lives, right? So, you know, doing what we do, because obviously Eugenia and I have committed to a path of being astrologers in this lifetime And that is not exactly the most lucrative path. I mean, it can be, (laughs) but it's not. um, Here's the thing. Uh, People always wonder, like, why astrology readings are as expensive as they are. And there's a couple of things to consider in this. And just think about, one, both of us are trained in, you know, as therapists. Number two, we've also trained ourselves and learned, you know, we have, like, um, years and years of knowledge and expertise, um, that, you you know, people are essentially paying for and people come to astrology readings usually once a year, usually, I mean, some people definitely come more frequently, um, and want to use it in a more counseling kind of therapeutic way, which I personally love to do. Um, but just keep that in mind, you know, especially for a lot of you aspiring astrologers out there. Um, the idea of like, making a career out of it is amazing, but to actually like live off of it is not that easy. So we're trying to figure out ways where we can bring our tools, our skills, you know, of astrology, our knowledge, everything like that. But also the fact that Eugenia and I are counselors and we are also artists. So if anything we're saying resonates with you and you think, oh my God, this would be amazing, like an app or a booklet or a something like some kind of product that we can create for you that, um, would be helpful. Then, you know, that would be really exciting for us to work on a, a project collaboratively, collaboratively together. Um, but also if you are someone who has a product and you've been thinking of maybe kind of branching out and offering like a new line of some sort, um, you know, that brings in astrology and and you want some kind of different influence and create some new, unique, um, yeah, line or something like that of your product, 
let's talk about it. You know, we really do want to um, support other artisans and people who are doing really cool things in the world and bringing in more healing and light and life and love and all of that. So um, I think that clarifies. Yeah, Eugenia, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I'm so happy you brought up the fact about the prices because, right, it's, it's the knowledge that it comes with, but it is also, yeah, people don't come you know, astrology is something you check in with. It's not, you know, I think about all my friends who are therapists and I don't want to work that way. So that's all my fault, but they see the same, you know, that's a really consistent income because every week they see X amount of people and we see far, far more. Oh yeah. I have thousands of clients, you know, like this is (laughs) like, I'm keeping tabs on infinite people, you know, it's like, you know, all the time. Maybe I see them once ever, you know, there's all kinds of variations, but when you're in a therapeutic relationship, yeah, it's every week, you know, the person you talk about the stuff, um, you know, so it, it's a very, very, very different thing. And so, you know, the therapist has that filled schedule every week. We are filling that schedule every week. And so some weeks are great and some weeks aren't. And that is the deal with business ownership and entrepreneurship, but we need to fuel this, um, body, this heart, this soul. Let's not forget also that, and I'll just say it straight up. We have student debt, right? And it's something to consider that this is something I know a lot of you also have. And for those of us who did go and get masters or undergraduate degrees or whatever, you know, there's that piece that there's that obvious piece about it, that we live in a a time where the young generations are very in debt and it doesn't feed us. It doesn't feed our clients. It doesn't feed the work we do when we feel this sense of pressure. Um, and so like Danny's saying, how do we, again, collaborate, do the tribe thing? What can we give to you? what would be something valuable that we can give you and then you can give us something back because we do get donations and we're grateful for it. We will be moving to Patreon so that there will be more perks and it will be more structured. And that's really exciting. We're going to be doing that here soon. Um, but yeah, help us out. Like what's up? Like, how can we do this? How can we keep this going, keep this sustainable, fuel us, fuel you. And, um, yeah. And more so I just want to like, I'm putting it out there as like a collective brainstorm. Like how can we all support each other in doing what we want to do? Because I know so many people who are trying to make it as an entrepreneur or do some kind of healing or therapeutic work, um, or creative work in some way. And you know, there's always this, like, I have to have a bridge job to make it possible because I need to support myself. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's very responsible and I've, I'm done that my whole life anyways. Um, And I'm just wondering as we're moving into this like new era, a new year and like all of this new energy that's available to us, which is also inviting us to collaborate and connect with each other. You know, what can, what's possible? Like, what can we really do, um, together to kind of get out of this old system of just getting by and having to do things that aren't really fulfilling for us? Um, and that are draining us on different levels, right? So, I mean, I know that's kind of like um, third, uh, first world problem kind of thing, you know, like, ooh, I get to yeah. do what I want. And, you know, I know my dad would probably be like making some big <laughs> comment about millennials and not that I am a millennial <laughs> and not that I have anything against millennials, 
but like, you know, that like, we don't want to work and we just want to do what we want to do kind of thing. And that's right. totally not what I'm saying. I want to work, but I want to be doing something that I really feel is of value and of service to the world. Um, and anyway, so all that said, you know, just keeping that in mind, please send us emails or reach out to us and send us a direct message on Instagram if you feel inspired um, to share. Or Facebook. Any, or Facebook. Any ideas that you have that you think would be really helpful or if you want to collaborate with us. And again, inviting anybody who has a product or anything like that, if you want to come on the show or if you want to advertise for us, we'd be happy to um, look into advertising possibilities as well. But we just really need to find a way to make this financially sustainable for us um, because otherwise we won't be able to keep doing it. And we both really want to do it. We know you guys really want us to keep doing it, um, but we definitely we need your help. So thanks. That's mm -hmm. our shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, and I think because those of you who have seen us, I think you do want more consistent stuff. I don't think, you know, you, you might not want to get your chart read every week, but you, you'd like this consistency to hear our voices still and consult for you still every week. So it is, um, it's kind of like therapy <laughs> for our listeners and for ourselves. And so, um, yeah, so, yep, you've said it, we've said it, we've all said it. And and, and, you know, I just, I do, I do want to mention when you, I've been asked this before people come up to me and they're like, how many full-time astrologers do you actually know who only make their income just from astrology? And it's, and I know a lot of astrologers and it's not that many. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, we are in that position is pretty amazing that we can even be full. You know, that's amazing. Like I'm so grateful that I'm like one of those rare people who can actually, who's been able to figure this out up to the point that I have. It's like, wow, this is amazing. But like, I think by us doing this, we're starting to create a culture and paving a future for those of you who want to do this because people like, I've had so many clients who are like, well, I really want to do this, but like who's a, who's a professional, like who actually can do that? Who can pull that off? Well, let's figure out how to do it. Like right. we will pave the way for, you know, uh, generations to come. You know, I have a number of clients who come in with their babies. I, I've met with them before they were pregnant, while they were pregnant and after. And I think, gosh, what if your kid is going to be some epic astrologer because you have been, <laughs> you know, with this child and, and how do we create a culture that really supports this important work in the world that we do for all, everyone to come, you know, because there is a handful of full-time professional astrologers in the world that I'm aware of. And, totally. you know, and that's taken, and those of them who are, they've probably been doing this for decades to get to that place. You know, how do we do this and make it realistic to not have to wait two decades and, you know, work, you know, on the side doing something that is taking our time and not allowing us to. Um, so, so anyway, so, yep. Um, I, there's also something I just want to mention too, like just hearing you say like the importance of astrology and thinking for all of our listeners and people who have also been our clients who are listeners, um, or who have received an astrology reading, just thinking about the value of that experience. Um, not mm -hmm. to say that every astrology reading you've ever had is going to be amazing, but in this gift giving season, I'm just going to put it out there that giving an astrology reading as a gift is pretty awesome because mm -hmm. it's 
this is this also ties into why astrology readings can be or people might judge them as expensive because they keep on giving you know it's not like the information that we're exchanging with people um, is just something that's happening for the day it's something that is like looking at you know the next you know period of your life or looking back into your past or like you know showing you something that only this tool can really do um, so in that, in that way, it's kind of like priceless, I want to say, but I don't want to like exaggerate too much on that, but just also acknowledging that if you're thinking like, what's a really cool gift I could get somebody this year, somebody who's special to me, what about an astrology reading? Totally. Totally. It's the gift that literally keeps it giving. It keeps giving. <laughs> I've been thinking about that lady. I'm like, wow, this is a gift. That's, this is a gift that keeps on giving. Wow. Because I'll tell you, I still listen to my Tom Brady reading from 2007. Mm-hmm. I still, mm-hmm. I still listen to it. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. it still speaks to me. So yeah, you know, I've just, just been thinking about that, you know, how much, how valuable it is to give something to somebody that is unlike any other gift um, they've ever received. So if that's of interest to either one of you, Eugenia and I, um, you know, you can visit both of our websites, eugeniacroc.com, daniellepolgar.com, and we do have gift certificates available for people that they can schedule on their, you know, their own time. And anything else you want to add before we launch into our new moon episode? No, I just think um, this is what we're doing is quite vulnerable um, saying all of this and, you know, uh, but we got to say it, you know, what I've learned from recording this episode with, when it comes to Juno is she was part of this new moon. So she's going to be a big part of this moon cycle is she does not value herself, herself enough. She doesn't, this is the archetype of the woman the feminine archetype that literally puts God on the outside, you know, um, says, oh, well, you know, the man provides or the man supports or the, da, 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 all those different things. Um, and so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut so I'm safe. So I'm, I have my king. So I have this and, and, and that. Um, but we live in 2016. So a lot of us aren't married to kings um, and never will be. And so I think it's a vulnerable thing we're saying, but it's authentic and it's real. This is not an easy profession we've chosen. We love it. And that's why we keep doing it. But it, it is a lot of work. It is a daily thing. And, and that is our choice. Absolutely. But we are voicing that we are valuable (laughs) and, and we're going to state that to the world that we are our own queen, right? We don't necessarily need someone else to make that, to provide that. Right. We are it. Right. So, yeah, I think this really goes into the whole like feminine healing wave that we're all uh, witnessing because, yeah, women are finally waking up to our value and our worth. And yeah, this has been happening for, you know, a couple of decades now, but even more so in this um, day and age, you know, with people who are trying to both support their family and be, uh, you know, a mother or just be an entrepreneur, you know, and how to make those, blend those two worlds. And um, 
Yeah, it is a really vulnerable space. So thank you for speaking to that and naming that um, because I think I think it's common practice for a lot of women, and this is a generalization, but to just mm-hmm. be like, I'm, you know, it's okay. Like, just be nice, and you can just yeah. have this, and here you yep. go. And the generosity is astounding and amazing, and that's what, you know, women are they're very giving, and I think that that's an awesome trait to have. But um, there does come a time where it's, like, necessary to support ourselves, and I think that that is part of our taking back our power, like, which is basically what you were saying in the beginning of the intro and, um, something that I'm really looking forward to in this, you know, next new year that's upon us is like, Mm -hmm. how can I further step into my power, um, as a being and as a woman, you know, and then of course, as a woman, you know, in the feminine energy, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Do we even right. really have models like that? Truly? I mean, right. we have some, but like what, you know, I think it's kind of like the blind leading the blind a little bit here. <laughs> so we're trying to figure it out as we go, ladies. And, yeah. uh, we need as much support as we can get. So any ideas that you have, uh, really appreciate them. And we just, we really appreciate your listening ears. So thanks for letting us just kind of ramble here about this topic. And we hope you enjoy listening to soul who is just, she's like a songbird for astrological insights. I just love listening to her. And definitely have your chart pulled up for this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. definitely. Find out where your Juno is and follow along this one. Yeah. I'm like so empowered after listening to soul speak on this one. So I hope you all will have the same experience. So likewise. All right. Well, love you, Danny. Love you listeners. Thank you. And enjoy. Hello everybody. And we are here for another episode to discuss the new moon that just happened yesterday. And we have our lovely friend soul here with us to share some information about that. So welcome soul back to the podcast. Oh, hello, Danny, and hello, Virginia. Thank you for having me uh, again. It's an honor to be uh, mm-hmm. to be sharing uh, together with you, lovely ladies. Hmm. Likewise, we are thrilled about it. Yes, and I think um, you know we were inspired to bring you on the show for this one to talk about the new moon, but also to really talk a little bit more about Juno, the asteroid goddess, because we, uh, of course brought you on for the series talk. We talked about series. Uh, we'd like to talk about Juno, Athena, and Vesta eventually. Uh, but we thought, hey, this is a great time. Why don't we talk about Juno? Because she was an active participant in this recent new moon. So, uh, you know, maybe we can really start with talking about Juno and her whole shtick and things about what she means and then how that may have played into this most recent new moon that we had on uh, November 29th, 2016. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. It was quite a, a new moon and it mm, uh, and personally, yeah, it's been, it, there's been a lot of, you know, Lilith's been very strong too for the mm. last month you've seen. Um, w- and we've seen this incredibly intense um, um, <clears throat> post-traumatic stress uh, disorder that's been flooding the earth after this um, election, which triggered so many emotions 
in people and especially uh, actually for women and um, <clears throat> it really for me it really does, you know I, I'm, I'm more interested in what people go through uh, whether or what it is in particular that triggers it because that could have been other things too you know not just uh, Trump but <clears throat> at least that's my impression that a lot of women had to go through uh, a lot of um, uh, reviving of their own, um, well, what we would call a feminine wound. So I thought with Lilith um, so strongly present and and now we have also this new moon with with Juno, uh, it's really an interesting time for, for the feminine, um, for those who are working consciously with this uh, in their own lives to, um, yeah, to get closer to our own inner selves. Mm -hmm. mm. So I'm going to go ahead and um, give us a little bit of the story of Juno briefly, and then uh, and then I'll have you kind of maybe feed off of that a little bit, Sol. But um, Juno is, a, I think, actually, when I read individuals' charts, is like so accurate it's crazy like when people have really strong junos it's just amazing how they go through her experiences her archetypal experiences and so really quickly the story of juno um juno is the roman name hera is the greek name uh either way she is the wife to zeus or jupiter uh, same guy, God, essentially. And she is his uh, committed partner. And this is her thing. And, you know, I think uh, we talk, we've talked a lot about this on the show, just Zeus-like characters, you know, like Sagittarian characters. Um, you know, if we're talking about a man, maybe a man who does have affairs or he's very, very wealthy and he, you know, he can get away with all these different things. And so because he is God, he is a big deal in Greek mythology. Uh, Hera gets to be his wife. And so the part of that is like, wow, Zeus is my husband, right? Zeus, the, the guy, is my husband, and I'm so proud to be his wife because this is such a big deal. Uh, the dark side of this, of course, is that Zeus or Jupiter, he is an adulterer. He cheats. He has affairs. He is a gluttonous. He does all of these different things. And one of the ways the stories go with her approach to him is that rather than address him directly and say, Zeus, husband, I need you to stop cheating on me. She, rather than doing that, she chooses to say nothing and winds up passive aggressively attacking the women that he is having affairs with. So one of my favorite stories is uh, that Zeus kind of caught on to this. So he started hiding his, his women that he was having affairs with in different body forms. So she couldn't find them because he realized that, oh, she was catching on to this and she was t attacking these women. Uh, and so he turned one of his lovers into a cow. Well, Juno, Hera, is much smarter than that. And she still has her feminine wiles and she knows what's going on. So she found the cow and she stuck a little, stuck a little, uh, a, a little fly on the cow to buzz the cow's head for the rest of the cow's life to, as like a passive aggressive, you cheated, uh, you, you, you slept with my husband. So this is how I'm going to kind of get back at you. So the way that that's, I mean, these are the just brief stories. I'm sure soul, you have a lot more to say about this, but the archetype of this is that there's a commitment to a partner without being direct with 
with said partner and being willing to sacrifice certain wants and needs and desires to ensure that commitment. And so oftentimes when people have this really strong in their chart, I oftentimes see women and or men who are either in a relationship with a partner who is maybe an alcoholic and they say nothing, but they kind of take it out on their kids. Or sometimes it is somebody who has had having affairs and they're just in denial of it and they're just too scared to say something. So they become shopaholics or something to the effect of that. So I've seen that I've seen this play out very, very obviously in individuals' charts. And so of course she was part of this new moon. Um, so we can bring that into it. But uh, anything else you kind of want to share about that soul and her archetype and her stories? Well, she's the queen, so she has an energy of dignity to her. I mean, she uh, she doesn't like to be snubbed. A little no. bit like Ares. I mean, Ares is not... So, it, none of the goddesses likes to be, uh, you know, <clears throat> undermined or cheated or taken for granted or... Oh, have we lost soul? We don't hear you, soul. Are you here? Oh no! Oh God! We're in Mercury <gasps> retrograde shadow. Oh, here she is. Okay, good. Totally Success. Are. We totally are. You can oh, feel it. I know. I can feel it. The wheels turning. Feel it today. I know. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> okay, I, we missed I, I, you. Phone rang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I should rather be on uh, on uh, on my computer. I'm on my little phone here, and it started to ringing. All right, never thought of that. But anyway, I wanted to chip in a little. I was in the middle of something long and and laborious about Juno here and her queeny nature and her dignified nature. So and there's this dignified aspect to her. To her being, I mean, compared to, for instance, Pallas Athena, which is the daughter, she's the queen. She's no longer the princess. And there's this feeling of initiation when you get to the queen archetypes that you need to come to a place of independency in order to get that level of uh, love that is needed in order to end abusive uh, relationships. And... Um, for her, it is, as you see, she's stuck in a relationship where there's no equality. Um, he's got all the freedom. She's stuck with, you know, she's she's more planted in her house or in her home or in her um, inner realms. She's more the classic woman. And uh, the feminine is, uh, in a way, um, well, I often hear these stories where you have uh, men and women having kids and then suddenly you know, there's this feeling that you have to ask the father whether or not he wants to babysit his own kids. You know, he can come and go as he wish, but she's more or less tied to the, the home. She's feeling a stronger connection to the home. And these, these um, themes of freedom versus... Um, uh, well, freedom versus bondage, I think, lies deep in, in the, the anger and injustice that sometimes uh, we come across when there's a very prominent Juno present. And um, uh, yeah, but the, there is definitely something with these goddesses um, that is when not happy, they will feel that there's a darkness to, to uh, their nature. As you mentioned to Eugenia, she was not uh, very, she, she, as a, there's a vindictive side to 
uh, a paranoid side to to uh, to the feminine when uh, when there is an imbalance in the relationship what, and and i think it's often translated into um why isn't there why doesn't he love me you know the way that men <clears throat> sometimes um pay less attention to the details and women are more detail oriented what does that mean i mean we're sort of more f- f- oriented towards being loved and feeling loved whereas men are more um seeking elsewhere too and not perhaps um so attentive to the little details that can really make a, a woman happy like there was somebody who said if you want to make a woman really happy you take out the garbage and um yeah so it's interesting i think you know that um the the theme of equality or inequality comes so strongly with this because there's this it's not that you know um i think that part of us that is juno it really wants to be home too it doesn't really need to go out into the world necessarily but um i often see especially when there's a juno jupiter um aspect like somebody's playing out the jupiter part and the other one is playing out the juno part and it leads to very easily uh, this feeling of inequality in relationships and um a feeling like uh, a less satis- satisfied the woman can be easily dissatisfied especially because she has a tendency to most likely play out the juno part uh, it's more natural for her right mm. and i've been looking at some charts lately with uh, where there's been uh, strong junos and and you know we it's easy to work with charts we all know and the la- the last one was angelina jolie she's born with sun juno conjunction in gemini and well the um, they have a lot of uh, mars mars aspects brad pitt and, and uh, angelina jolie they're born with um i think that's a mars square mars exactly almost and there's this big tension there that goes on and you know and i think eventually she um well she definitely um broke free from um well in a way she is still you know she's the queen she's still the protector of the land she is juno was this grand goddess that had many roles and she was also um a principle of vitality and protection for the kingdom for the land and also um um associated with youth and youthfulness and eternal youth in many ways they think her name came from you know juno from jove love and it's related in this sense to jupiter as well you know love and and fun and and good times you know having that kind of energy that that um that surplus of energy that that comes from from a good protect uh relationship with another person uh, when it works well <laughs> but when it doesn't work so well um it is more um well it can drain and uh, and make the woman very very miserable and unhappy if there's an imbalance and especially today 
uh, we don't play these roles so well anymore. So I guess today it's even more um, important for us to get to know these goddesses because um, when we are not aware of them, uh, they will more easily play out their darker side with jealousy and paranoia and suspicions and, well, generally, um, generally speaking, you know, insecurities, like there's a neurotic aspect to the feminine that's gone uh, wrong. And in uh, tantric philosophy, we say the feminine is after love. That's what love, the, the experience of love um, in, in, in any form. And, um, well, just to use, uh, again, that Angelina Jolie example, I mean, there was these rumors, even though, uh, what do I know? I don't really spend so much time uh, in rumors, but I thought symbolically it was interesting because there was this rumor of a, of another affair uh, that uh, uh, her that Brad Pitt had with another co co actress, and well, that's how they started their relationship with an affair. Okay. Yeah, so you know she started a relationship with an affair, and it ended with the rumor of him having yet another affair. So I had to check out his Juno, and it is conjunct Neptune. Exactly in in um, in uh, Scorpio, and well, Juno in Scorpio. I guess there's a lot of mistrust there. You know, distrusting um, loss. There's the, the classical Scorpio qualities of being cheated, um, uh, not feeling empowered enough through in a relationship, for instance, and. Um, and also these darker aspects. Um, so I, I, I personally, I feel a little off when, when I'm delving into, to, you know, the private life of celebrities. But um, from an astrological point of view, especially since she has that uh, conjunction between Juno and, and the sun, it is interesting to uh, see how the goddesses play themselves out in the world as well. I mean, she's a UN ambassador. She's this, she has that queenly, she's almost like a royal, right? And um, so it's a very interesting how they shine through. We've gone through a little bit, um, charts like that before too like you have Beyonce with Ceres for instance mm-hmm. I mean so, so it's really you know these they are very empowering these asteroids uh, if from a you know when we when we have them very very prominently in our charts like um, nearby the sun for instance yes. hmm. so yes so it will be interesting to see um how this energy will manifest differently from the Lilith energy we had last month with Scorpio, uh, which was very intense. And I think, you know, um, there's this uh, reinstallment of dignity. There's this sense of um, wanting to free oneself from the well, from the bondage of bad relationships, um, needing more not taking, you know, like you said, with Juno, there's always these compromises that's been made. And perhaps it's time to look a little bit, you know, take a, 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 a look that we have to um, 
you know, um, agree on uh, in order to get a relationship going. Sometimes these compromises are just so incredibly um, uh, absurd seen from the outside, but most people just get used to it. You know, like it's when you give somebody a massage and, and they've been, you know, walking around with the tension in their shoulder for a very long time, they will go, oh, wow, I, n- I never knew I could experience my body like this. And it's the same thing with a bad relationship. You just get used to it. And with this new moon, especially because Venus was also squaring Uranus from Aries in, you know, Uranus in Aries is not, it's here to really set us free. And Venus in in Capricorn, which is all these duties and what you should have done and could have done and, you know, the, the responsibilities that we have when we are embarking on, uh, on a committed relationship, these things are also, you know, perhaps taken to a new level. So, you know, there's this feeling that there could be many people actually uh, breaking free or recommitting to each other or uh, shaking loose some of the crystallized structures in their own relationships and, and really... Uh, demanding more, I, you know, uh, 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 more intimacy, even uh, uh, even a, a, a deeper relationship. There is this myth about soul love, soulmate love that also accompanies Juno. I see it from time to time. It's sometimes I read about it, and it's like it's how your partner would be, and I think that's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I, I'll give that thought some time, you know. But my impression is that you know um, uh, is about the experience of partnership, not the kind of partner you would like to have. It's it's what it's the entire sphere of partnership, and we would you know the soulmate love thing. It's really. I can understand why it's there. It's, you know, soulmate love. It's this unique kind of there you are, my missing link kind of experience. And being the Aquarian I am, I I guess I see things from an evolutionary point of view that you are with partners and you evolve. And then uh, if the partnership evolves along with your evolution, then wonderful. If not, then well, maybe you evolve in different directions. And if you have that soulmate myth hanging over you, um, it could be very difficult to allow um, a, a true evolution to take place. So, <clears throat> I, 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 you know, we um, the intense romantic dreams that are being spun around marriage too, you know, um, Sometimes we have the bad fortune of seeing these um, programs on television about getting married. And she's the patron of marriage, you know, right? Of all married women. That's what Juno is. So it's these um, romanticized ideas about marriage, too. And I think there is something with the institution of marriage that is very beautiful. You know, it's just incredibly pure and clean and, you know, two people who are consciously choosing each other come rain or, you know, whatever, and until death do us apart. And I think it is a beautiful notion that, you know, you really set yourself 
in a situation where you want to commit on such a journey for those who choose this. And I think, you know, that is beautiful, but there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears in it too. You know, so the, the myth, it's, it's not a very romantic myth in a way. We would just imagine her being the patron of marriage. Um, she goes through her own shit with her own husband <laughs> and she's like, um, perhaps she's showing us all the things we uh, personally shouldn't try to do at home um, uh, for ourselves, like what she does with, as you mentioned, uh, Eugenia, with other women, for instance, you know, don't try this at home, you know, it's only for goddesses, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Saul. Oh, you're so <laughs> lovely to listen to. I'm like oh in I'm a like, zone over are there here. People? Oh, yeah, you're in... <laughs> and there she go. I love that little Snorter. thing. I love it. Yeah, she's so fine. I love that. Oh, well, yes. You know, you first get me going. It's like, oh, I can't stop. But it's beautiful. I love these goddesses. Oh. They are so wonderful to work with. And relationships, by all means, it must be the most interesting thing ever, don't you all think? You know, whatever kind of relationship we're in, if we're married or single or in between relationships or, you know, live together with somebody for 40 years, it's still something that I think is a very juicy area. And if you look at the Juno-Jupiter connection, you would also see um, a very powerful people coming together and this tantric uh, challenge that lies in balancing out the very, very masculine that is driven to explore the world and, and, and embark on, you know, the imperialist Jupiter is out to conquer and expand. And then you have, you know, I sometimes get this picture of, of Juno uh, sitting at home, waiting for him to occasionally come back and, and, and also share a little bit of the love that he is with her. So she's really, you know, it's about demand and not making demands on a relationship. And if you are in a Juno-Jupiter kind of relationship, there's one thing that's for sure, and that is freedom. You can't make any demands. And I just had that today come up, actually, with some client work that we did. And it was interesting that, you know... Uh, to sort of neutralize your demands as well, like to not expect something, to not have expectations of, you know, um, yeah, a mutual, uh, you know, like women, like if you send a text, you love to have a, a response on it, for instance. Like if you don't have these expectations because part of the one part of the relationship is riding the freedom train well then it's a little sad too because without these you know the glue if there's too much freedom in a relationship it's just going to be falling apart right but if it's too little freedom in a relationship too it might be strangled right so we just have to find the middle way between these two extremities and well, it's not easy, you know, I think most of, you know, I have a very strong Juno, it's conjunct Venus and Eros and Ceres and it's in my first house and it's I like I have a, I have a, a string of asteroids and it all ends up in my Jupiter-Sun conjunction. So I can, I'm very familiar with this freedom versus um, 
I think all my relationship has been about that, you know, artistic freedom and freedom to to explore your identity on the one hand and then family on the other hand. And my Juno is in Capricorn, so I easily take that Capricorn more traditional role. But um, I think at one point when you get to uh, your own, uh, when evolution sort of... Um, um, forces you to take home the projections, you will also, you know, for me, it's been extremely important to find that balance of freedom and, um, you know, being based at home in my own life too. You know, I, I just had to conquer my own freedom in my own life in order to be better balanced with, uh, with this in terms of relationship, etc. Hmm. So I think, you know, at one point you have to embody both the Jupiter conqueror and the Juno, um, you know, um, marriage oriented mentality. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a, an important element and you're, you're saying it, but is, I think there's a lot to do with self-worth when it comes to Juno as well. I think that when I, when I look, you know, when you read the stories about her and her relationship with Zeus, it, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Cause you're like, why are you not valuing yourself mm. more to just say, Zeus, don't cheat. And if you cheat, I'm out. Right. But there's this, this mm. identity piece with her where, well, but my husband is Zeus. And so it makes me the, the great lady of the land because of who my husband is. And so I'm going to, to keep mm. my authentic voice muffled because I'm scared if he actually hears my voice, he won't want me. He'll leave. And I think there is a important element to that piece with all of it. And, you know, I have a, a, a relatively strong Juno as well. I have a loose conjunction, but a pretty important conjunction with Eros and my son in Aquarius in the ninth. So of course you and I have the Jupiter, mm. uh, the Juno stuff happening, but it's just, as you're talking, I don't, it's starting to click more and more for me personally about how strong this actually really is in my relationships mm. and how, yeah. This mm. fear of saying what I actually need because I think men are so great, it, it's, it really does happen in my life. Like, oh, but he's so handsome and he's so this <laughs> and he's so that. And if he sees how crazy I really am, you know, he won't want me. And so I just keep it shut and I talk to all my women about it. And I passively take it out, passively, aggressively take it out on my, on my tribe of women who mm. are willing to like take that abuse. But it's, it's really enlightening to hear you know, the extension of all these ideas and from someone else's perspective to really place that even in my own chart, it's like, wow. And I think that with the new moon we just had, which conjuncted Juno in Sagittarius, which is ultimately ruled by Zeus, I think that a lot of the endings and hopefully new beginnings that are taking place right now this month might be around that authentic voice. Like what happens when I keep it Close and what happens when I actually speak my truth? Um, and when I speak my truth, it might end things 
In fact, I just went through that on the new moon. I finally spoke my truth and it ended something. And it's sad, but it's, it's at least now I know, right? I spoke my voice. Wow. Empowering, right? So I think that for those of you listening, feel into that part of your life. Like which part of your life do you keep your mouth shut because you think that somebody is greater than you, or you think that somebody is more powerful than you? Um, and, and how do you voice that right now, especially around ideas and beliefs and values with all of this taking place in, in the constellation Sagittarius. So, um, so I'm curious, Danny, as you've been listening, you have Juno in the seventh, um, in Leo, uh, is this resonating for you? Is this, um, I mean, relationships are totally something that I'm completely fascinated with in this lifetime in general. Um, And, you know, I grew up in a broken home and, you know, I've divorced and I've been through a lot of different relationships. I mean, I would consider myself a serial monogamist in that way. I haven't really spent much time being single. Um, So relationships are both an area of kind of expertise for me, but also... Um, you know, I just feel like part of my life work. And I, I actually think that that's true for most people, just because we're always relating to other people and other things. And whether it's romantic or not, um, you know, it takes on a different form and, and lessons and such, but yeah, I mean, I'm certainly resonating with everything you're saying. I mean, I'm not really familiar with, as you know, um, with Juno and, um, some of the asteroids, just a basic knowledge of them. So, you know, I'm just kind of taking in what you're both sharing and um, trying to figure out, like, how this plays into the energy of the current moment. Because um, it doesn't really resonate with me in terms of my relationship right now. But, you know, thinking about the greater whole of, of what my people might be going through. And I have been doing a lot of relationship counseling um, ever since Jupiter moved into Libra. So, um, it Mm. is interesting to pay attention to that as well. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Well, you know, that's the, that's the story of any astrological transit is where are you? It is related to, it's relative to your life, what you are going through. And for some, it would play out intensely, you know, like for some, it would be like a, uh, a resurrection of something deep feminine, you know, it's like the, the inner queen is born. I would see the new moon as that even. Uh, there is something incredibly beautiful about that new moon with Juno there so precisely. And it's bringing in that soft, beautiful feminine energy. Uh, so it might just have something um, you know, a little gift there for someone. At least that's what I felt, you know, um, nothing big, nothing grand. No, 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 just a lot of sweet conversations with a lot of wonderful women, actually. And uh, that was interesting because, uh, that also goes in, 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 you know, different waves. So that came in a, a big, huge wave of women just came in to my life with this new moon and, you know, the sisterhood in a way. So that could be it. But, you know, with everything that is um, how we work with these uh, astrological cycles in general, uh, it depends a lot on uh, the current state of affairs from where you are at the present moment. I would you know, for somebody who is in a shitty relationship, this Juno new moon could offer a definite chance of 
confronting whatever doesn't work, you know, like there's this Juno activation that could uh, bring in um, what we talked about with the compromises, etc. And then for somebody who's not really interested in a relationship, this could just be an inner sacred marriage between the the inner male and the inner uh, uh, female. And I think that's for people who meditate a lot or do a lot of yoga, it's a beautiful you know, it, you know, when I hear the queen, I, I think the heart, immediately I think the heart, and especially because she's a protector too. So there's something with protection that goes with this and, and to keep your energy high, you know. So, um, but the dark side of any feminine asteroid of, of the four great ones, the dark side of it is uh, when the energy is fragile, when it's vulnerable, when it's not functioning properly, when we're not in harmony with ourselves, when when the body is challenged or whenever there's some sort of challenge in, in your life, right? That has to do with this. <laughs> while, while you're taking that, so... Um, yeah, I want to also uh, add to that, that I think commitment in general might have something to do with the, the moon as well, because ultimately she does represent commitment. You know, she, yes, we've talked about the shadow piece of it, but the fact that she stays with her husband and she commits to him is I think very honorable too. She's not quick to leave. She's not going to be the feminine archetype that's like, well, you did something that hurt my feelings. So I'm out, I'm splitting, I'm, I'm starting somewhere else. It's like, no, I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit. So perhaps with this new moon, we've all been um, looking at where are we committed in our lives. And I think for every individual, just to see where the new moon fell in our charts will help us really understand um, this, the individual piece of this for each of us as individuals. So so we have just a few minutes left here, girls. So um, any quick last thoughts from you, Danny? Um, no, I'm just trying to put this together in my mind of like how this plays out. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely, I, I feel like a new person after my Saturn return, like how I related to relationships in the past might have been very in that Juno light of like, please don't leave me. Like I'll do anything, you know, and mm-hmm. just... Um, kind of putting up with nonsense, which I did for a long time. And I've maybe, as I'm, you know, inching closer towards my Leo North node in the seventh house, there's something to that where I'm, you know, I'm certainly loyal, but also um, loyal to myself first, where that would be, you know, I mean, I can't say that if that were to happen in my relationship, I'd be like, I'm out. Um, But yeah, it's just something to consider of, of how that shift has happened for me. And, and also about this commitment piece that you're speaking about. Cause, um, I mean, for me, it's, uh, with this new moon, it, it happened exactly conjunct my midheaven. So I'm thinking about right. career and, you know, stuff that I want to do with mm-hmm. my life path. So, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and I think yeah. too, with you having it in Leo, I think you do have a commitment to your creative voice. Mm-hmm. Like it's something yeah. never never departed from, you know, whether you're, you've been making videos or photography or whatever it is, like you're committed to that, you know? And I think that that's, um, 
yeah, if each person looks to where it is in their individual charts and you're committed to relationships, like you are somebody who's like, I am committed to relationships. And of course this is in your seventh house, the house of relationships. And so it is, um, yeah, I think that after you all have listened to this, go look in your charts and really meditate on this. I know I certainly, um, Mm. I think soul, you've really thickened or deepened my own personal experience of my own Juno. Um, certainly. So I really applaud you and I thank you for, for your wisdom. And do you have any last words with our last few minutes? Of course. I always have a few <laughs> last words. <laughs> How many do I get? No, I want to minutes t- worth. <laughs> yeah, you know, Danny, the the seventh house, Leo, Juno, you know, it's it's a path, it's a process. And evidently you've gone through a lot of processes related to relationship and it all made you commit better and more to your authentic self, which is always a point when there's a strong uh, fire energy present, right? You have to be the authentic voice. And therefore, when you've done all the crises, when you've done on the work, you've worked towards equality in relationship, you would, as you are now, enjoying a healthy and balanced relationship where you can really enjoy being in love and actually trust the experience and, and really, you know, let go into the experience because I think that is so very important for, for uh, especially women if we want to really show um, our hearts, uh, there has to be uh, a balance between Juno and Jupiter energy in a relationship because otherwise it will be make up and break up and, and all these, you, you, there you are and then you're not and, and off and on all the time. So um, having the security and, and knowing who you are and having, as you also mentioned, Eugenia, the self-worth uh, present, it, it's, it's a gift for, for any man to be with a woman who has these qualities healed in her in herself. And, um, and you know, there won't be as much push and pull in, 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 in relationships that are like that. And the woman would be um, attuned to her feminine. So it could definitely, you know, be sustainable. And um, I thought just the last few words is that I, I think the uh, signature of Juno, it's actually going through Sagittarius. We now have that Juno, uh, Jupiter energy present just by mm-hmm. the power of this new moon in Sagittarius and Juno in Sagittarius. So there's something about um, also committing to a, a path of uh, expansion, uh, also allowing yourself to dream Um Set yourself goals, for instance, and uh, perhaps also prepare to free a little bit uh, of your thinking um, and, um, well, do something that sort of, um, even though um, you're in a a deep relationship and it's a demanding one with family and kids and, you know, um, loads of things to do, you could still uh, take time out to... uh, um, commit to your studies or take, you know, um, join that webinar you wanted to go to or um, go for the yoga that you dream of but never perhaps uh, feel you have the time to do, etc. So there's something with um, finding um, and integrating uh, freedom versus commitment um, in 
your life for the present moment. This is the zeitgeist of the new moon. And uh, it's a... Um, it's a beautiful little expression of uh, trusting, um, trusting that you can have both, right? There can be freedom and there can be um, security, right? Mm-hmm. So, amen. Mm, well, amen said. to that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think else? You know, what? That's what Jupiter is doing in Libra. It's trying right. to force us to find the middle way. You know. Yeah. And um, all the flip-flopping from extremes is not doing our health. You know, it's like, I'll try this for 14 days. Now I'm really fed of this, so I'm never going to do it again. And it's, (laughs) so, yeah. Yes. Awesome. It's fun, huh? Well, great conversation. Wonderful conversation, per usual. And uh, we will look very forward to bringing you back to cover some of our other lovely lady friends. Yes. In mm, let's yes. definitely do that. Yes. Cool. Yes, let's, let's do that. Wonderful. And thank you, both of you. Yeah, yeah thanks yes. for joining us. Mm. Mm. And happy uh, just after the new moon for all of you. But <laughs> this, happy this after month help us all clarify our commitments uh, to our particular values and our beliefs and may it give us all the courage to speak our authentic voice. Mm. And the dignity, right? The dignity that is the core of the heart. Mm. The dignified human being is what earth needs now. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Aho. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Aho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, tuning in. Until next time.